You said. I said, oh, whoa, right. <laughs> we probably should introduce you guys again. Yeah. Because that didn't work the first time. Because um, my my focus right hated me for 10 seconds. Um, or 30 minutes, it's fine. So <laughs> today, tonight, whatever, it's, it's the day. It's a day. The day that in which we are recording this. That's right. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that at all. This is the day by which we are recording at this time today. <laughs> I am here this with is the day. Ashley and Amy. Hi. <laughs> they are from uh, Crosspick Studios, which is a, a local recording studio here in Austin, Texas. And uh, yeah, so Ashley and Amy, why don't you guys introduce yourselves again? Sweet. <laughs> and before we do that, thanks so much for having us. <laughs> yeah, seriously. This is super fun. Um yeah, so I'm Amy, and back in about 2017, came up with the concept for a recording studio. I've been a musician in town for probably a couple decades, and uh, we needed to record a demo. Um, and I was just really enamored with gear and all this kind of stuff, so I took also some audio classes at the community college, which was great, and had this opportunity to build a space on top of my garage up in Northeast Austin. It's a single car garage. Don't get too excited. Um, it's about 300 square feet and took to a lot of consultation with audiology, you know, people who could kind of help with the design and I could translate that to our general contractor to kind of actually build, even though it's very small, but build kind of a decent studio. What's even um, cooler, sorry to interject, mm-hmm. is not only did you consult with an audiologist and a recording engineer in the blueprints and the plans, the contractor that you got is a musician too, right? Isn't, yeah. isn't Paul oh, yeah. a musician? Oh, yeah, so he was into musician. it, you know? Yeah. Like, he just he wasn't just doing it because he's like, ah, these picky clients want this <laughs> shit. He was like, no, this is going to be great. So he yeah. worked with y'all, which was awesome. Which is another perk about Austin, Texas, I have found, living here so long. You have these creative people that are, we're all doing our day jobs and our night jobs, like, whatever. But you have this creative spirit where people are like, let's problem solve this. Let's kind of do it ourselves and make it work. So... Yeah, so the studio was born and birthed in about 2017. I brought Ashley on board around the same time to um, co-own and co-run the business and the studio. And she took it to a whole new level with taking audio classes and discovering your inner audio engineer. Yeah, I didn't know I had it in me, but when you... Miraculous. uh, (laughs) So, so yeah, we worked together in our day jobs and she just, I saw her eyes change. We were sitting in a retreat across the table from each other and she was like, I just had an idea. I want to run by you later. And at lunch, she told me, and I was like, what? <laughs> and then I was like, this is amazing, because Amy did all this legwork, and she already had an idea about recording. I had just joined the band that we're in together, Brand New Key, um, and I'm literally the tambourine player, so not the talent in the band. So, so this was not my world, but I'm a huge music fan. Music's a huge part of my life. It always has been. Uh, and I just never, you know, did it in a band. Or So this was a way that I could kind of formally, truly join the music community. And um, so I was so glad you asked me to join. Yeah. And I'm Ashley, by the way. I forgot to say that. <laughs> Lightning in a bottle. Sometimes the ideas <laughs> run with them. Yeah, they're great. Um, well, that's that's a really cool story, actually. Um, though I do have a question mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a lovely follow-up to that. Um, so at what point, like, do you guys, are you equal in it? Or is it like a 60-40 split or whatever? Because I know a lot of people who... They do these sort of things together, and they're like, 
Nah, fam, we're we're dividing this 100 from the beginning. And you guys didn't start off in the beginning. I mean, you did a lot of this at your house by yourself. So, like, there's that aspect as well because it's your home versus, like, a third-place, third-party place. Yeah, and I can get into the whole, like, problem-solving of this. And it was beautiful and it worked out really well. And we went all in on the LLC. Mm -hmm. We we are completely co-50-50. Yeah, we're 50-50. In the business. Absolutely. I was a little worried about because everyone mm-hmm. says, don't get into business with friends. But, you know, Amy's my best friend here, and it's worked out great so far, knock on wood. But, I mean, I think we've tried to be really respectful of one another. We don't always agree on certain things, but we do respect each other's opinions and really try and work with that. Mm-hmm. So, so far, cross your fingers. Yeah. It's been great. I think we have a really good work ethic yeah. together, too. Like, we get really deep dive detail organized, but... Um, into concepts and whatever. But yeah, we did it. Like, we formally got the legal. We got the we tax guy. We technically pay rent on the space. So right. we're both, you know, like, yeah. Amy and her wife are the mm-hmm. landlords. But mm-hmm, Amy mm-hmm. and I, as a business, I don't charge rent. us much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we get a really low sweet deal. <laughs> pretty sweet. It keeps on the, like, high-speed internet. Like, we need some certain things that helps. Yeah, it pays yeah. the bills. So, but there is this really legit legal line that Ashley and I protected as a business. We have our own insurance that protects the inside, all the studio stuff. And then when I put on, like, the house owner hat, we also have a set of, like, you know, our own insurance, and it protects me and my wife from, like, anything the business tenants might do or whatever. Like, so everything's very, like, legit, legal, protected. That was important to both of us because, you know, yeah, I mean, you want to protect yourself if you're able to kind of and protect clients. We were going to have a lot of people coming. <laughs> and then second, Okay, so it's on the second floor. And you can imagine, like, the hauling of the gear. The stairs are on the outside. It's, like, entry into the backyard, um, which, I mean, I mean, it's been super fine. We keep a set of drums up there, and we try to keep most of the heavy stuff. But I think it's worked out. But, yeah, we went totally business legit. Yeah. And it took even more homework that was not near as fun as learning about microphones <laughs> yeah. and learning about what kind of gear you're going to get. But it's like learning about how to open a business in Texas. Yeah. 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 Spoiler, I- it's super easy because <laughs> Texas really encourages opening business in Texas. And Austin has a small business entrepreneur entrepreneurship which that we office took is amazing. a bunch of free classes from and the city like free workshops you totally need to look into this I, as you're I starting do. how to build a business, business plan how to yeah. market how to and we took about what three or four classes each free you know low low cost maybe 25 bucks most of them were free yeah but um we did accounting for business like literally i'm in science education this is not yeah. my world right yeah. like, but we 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 spent the time and that's why it's been kind of a really slow growing but i think it has a solid foundation yeah. and business partnership and then with our learning of audio engineering which you can never stop learning that stuff oh my gosh sure. every sure. yeah every band that comes in it's like a whole different kind of new problem solve which is fun yeah you know? can you do me a quick solid yeah the fan behind you can you turn it off Oh, yeah. The I realized it was on, and I was like, that's <laughs> definitely going to get picked up in the mic. Yeah. Are you talking yeah. about the fan we brought? There's a fan? <laughs> that, that, that there's some fans there's back some there? There's fans over there. They're just screaming and hollering. They're holding guys. up we signs. We white noise machines yeah. every time we We're like, be Thank around you. microphones. Well, it's really just one fan. <laughs> it, but they are very energetic. <laughs> that's awesome. So, okay, so is that how you learned a lot of like the business aspect of it was just taking classes and stuff? Yeah. So, did you like ever consult with like? I mean, obviously, you have to go through the process of finding like the what are they called? 
the people like accountants or not accounting. Um, they're like, they're supposed to help you with business planning and how to invest and stuff like that. Um, what's the name of them? Oh, uh, 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 well, I mean, our legal crew, like the copyright and that kind of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is like really DIY. Like we've just had to either, like we, when we got a lawyer to set up the contract, mm. right? So you guys had um, an official lawyer for all that too. To make the LLC, we have the yeah, yeah, official like business plan. incorporation papers and stuff. I think technically we probably could have done it by ourselves, but I was paranoid that I was going to mess something up and then we were going to start this new business on shaky ground. So we just bit the bullet and paid for, it was just one or two sessions with the lawyer to yeah. set our, our stuff up. So do and you have like a CPA too? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we nice. only consult them once a year when we're yeah. doing taxes. And so, yeah, taxes. when taxes yeah. got... Yeah. Exactly. And, like, I'd never been a business owner, didn't know anything in the world, so I knew I needed to, like, step it up and get somebody who could parse out me and Ashley's world from, like, our spouses and our world. Like, mm-hmm. so we're all kind of, like, tangled, untangled, but in, like, appropriate ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's something that I've been really, like, trying to figure out because... Excuse me. Um... I've been talking to several people lately who are like, oh, yeah, I'm starting a business, and I've been starting a business, or they've already started a business, and they're, like, down the five-year track, yeah. if you will. Yeah. And it's all very interesting to hear how they've approached all of this and how they've done it. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't talk about very often yeah. is that process. They're just like, I started a business. Okay, that's great. What does that mean? I know. I never yeah. went to school for that stuff. Like, it was a very new world for me, too. And I... I really like that Austin offered a lot of sort of, so you want to start a business. You know, we showed up these little like shopping mall center areas that have like these trainings and it's like, like continuing education kind of amazing. I mean, truly, I've just been blown away by the resources in the city and most people don't know they're out there. I didn't until we started looking into it. But I think, yeah, there's two approaches to starting a business and I know someone who's on the 10 year plan, you know, (laughs) which she's been thinking about it and building a business plan. We just kind of jumped in. I mean, we didn't completely jump in. There was probably a six month ramp up as we were thinking about like and researching paper, you know, the paperwork stuff. And you did more of that than I did. But I mean, there's some good books out there and there's a ton of online articles. So you can do it on the cheap or you can spend a little bit of money and hire a professional and make sure that you're good. And we haven't probably thought about that stuff since 2017. I mean, you know what I mean? Like that was the first year was a big push there. Mm -hmm. Second year was all about clients and the music and how the hell are we going to find time to mix (laughs) all these people? (laughs) And being overwhelmed by how many can we really do a month? You know, like, what's our goals? Kind of, like, stepping back. Mm-hmm. And this year, we've just been skating on word of mouth, and we haven't had to really dip into the market, which is nice, because friends tell friends. Like, second, you know, so third year has been kind of just a breeze. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood. But um, Wait, have I known you guys for that long? I think we met a year, year and a half ago. Yeah. So when Amy says third year, like, our first year was kind of getting started. Our second year was, it was kind of our practice year in which we weren't really charging bands. We were kind of... You know, testing it out. We were letting them know this might not be the best recording you ever get in your life, but it's going to be free and it might be cool. And it actually, they turned out pretty, pretty it's decent. Very good. We actually, but we're like, getting better and better. So yeah. you know, we I actually took one of those back. free sessions and turned it into a CD and put it on our record label. That's true. Yeah. So we also good. have a record label that's Crosspick Records, <laughs> which is kind of like the big arching LLC, Crosspick Records, and within the Crosspick Records. Yeah. You know, universe. There's Crosspick Studio, yeah. and then there's our house band, brand new key that we just like practice in there all the time. Um, 
But I was going to say that for people looking into this business, like Ashley's a superstar and me bringing on a business partner made, I think, double the efforts, the time, the investment, the money, that whatever, like we're able to scrap by and learn, like the two of us just rocketed this whole thing forward. Mm -hmm. And so I can't recommend enough, like... If it's a community you're looking for, have a collective model. Mm -hmm. um, I agree. I mean, if you know, just depending on like, because I think I would still be in like gear acquisition phase and studying how to do X, Y, or Z. Like well, seriously, it's kind of great too because <laughs> if you pick the right person, you're going to complement each other's strengths, you know, and make up for the other's weaknesses. And so we work really well in that. And we knew each other super well before this. We've been friends forever, and we've worked together you know, for seven years in our day jobs. Mm -hmm. So um, we had a pretty good idea what the other person was going to We know the w do. our way around spreadsheets. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> and <laughs> shared spreadsheet space is amazing. We don't work together anymore, but we still utilize a lot of the shared uh, kind of Lies, like you still chrome. work together. You literally own a business that well, is working together. Oh, sorry. I don't you're know what you're talking about. absolutely right. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I mean that... that <laughs> terrible part of all of us that we have to have a day job in Austin, Texas, and you get to put on your creative hat. Sometimes it's hard, but So yeah. I have a question. So since you, did you know a lot about recording before this? Or could you, I know you went back to, like you're back in school yeah. learning all of that now. So did yeah. you know a whole lot about that before? No, I had some exposure when I was younger. Um, I had some family members that were musicians. And so one of them had his own studio and it was a legit studio. I mean, it was real nice. And so as you know, as a teen, well, I guess I was in my 20s. I was, you know, I would hang out in his studio. So I would see it, you know, he'd be recording, I'd be around it. But I never really paid attention to what was going on. Mm -hmm. So that was my only real uh, experience in the recording world was just sort of a casual observer that wasn't really paying enough attention. Well, well how'd you get her? What? Wait, well, how did you choose her? What's your quick question? <laughs> I was going to ask you, did you, okay, in all your experiences there with the legit studios and when you were younger, did you see any women in there? Like no, part of it? Did they come never. in? When did you see women? Were they musicians at all? Like even uh, yeah, by the way, one way to just fast forward through my questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's like third on my list. By no, no, the no. way. No, no, no. That's just her backstory. That's her backstory. Like I'm just No, curious, like, I mean honestly. No, that that's kind of drove true. that's not true. That drove me a little bit to it was the absence. It was the absence of seeing when I was a musician. There was, you know, nobody working behind the board. There was you know. one producer engineer uh, woman that I got to watch work um, in tandem with another guy, Joanna Bullamy from Portland. And she was awesome. But she was the only one that, you know, that I was around. I mean, I, I met a lot of great dudes, but it sure would have been nice to see more women, you know. For sure, for sure. I think that's kind of how I feel, and I think that's why... One of the driving factors for why I I decided to start this podcast is because I was like sitting at home, like I've I've been listening to podcasts for a hot minute now, and one of the ones that I was listening to is the Six Figure Home Studio guys. Oh yeah, and they're freaking amazing. Yeah. I love them. <laughs> they are everything for me, especially because instead of focusing on gear and stuff like that, they're very much so about the business, and that's really what I wanted to know. I'm like. I can go figure out how to use a microphone. I can figure out how YouTube's to use a board. For days but on that business? Stuff. Nobody talks about business, yeah. and especially not the unique world of being a business owner that's mm -hmm. artist. Mm -hmm. 
and all that sort yeah. of fun it is, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's different. And so one of the things they're talking about was starting a podcast, and they had a whole episode about why you should start a podcast. And I was like, I'd already been contemplating starting a podcast, but I never knew what I would do. And then at one point, I was like, I do music, and I'll just do music that I like because I find that a lot of music that I tend to listen to, people are like, I don't know who that is. Like. E.T. Menza is this fantastic trumpet player from Ghana. And people are like, I don't know who that is. And I'm like, you should. And so I started thinking maybe I'll do that. But then I was listening to those guys and I was like, nah, fam. Like, there's so (laughs) much music out there in the world that people aren't, like, hungry for that as much as it used to be, like, back in the day. Mm -hmm. Even when I was in junior high, you know, we're all sitting on LimeWire downloading music illegally. Also, by the way, I didn't know it was illegal back then. (laughs) I genuinely had no clue that LimeWire was illegal. I thought it was just, like, a thing that you got for free. Yeah, (laughs) So that was super dumb of me in hindsight. Well, before the internet, it was way harder. Yeah, it was way harder. You literally had to write away to music labels sometimes to find hard-to-get stuff, especially if you were in a rural area. Yeah. without like a big city indie record store which were rare you know yeah. so so, yeah, so for sure and that's why I was like oh, I'll do that and I was like nah and so then I landed up because I was at work one day and I was like sitting there and I was genuinely trying to think what makes me unique what makes my experience unique what story do I actually have to tell and I was looking around and I was like something happened at work That was not the best experience, but one of the reasons for it not being the best experience is because I was the only female, and these guys didn't understand why what had happened would not be considered okay. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm. And then it hit me. So then I was like, I'm going to start a podcast about women and audio. <laughs> and, and when doing this, I've been trying to find more women. I'm like, I know women. Okay, they exist, right? Who does audio? <laughs> and I came up with, on my own, four. <laughs> it was you guys and then my friend Amanda, who does live sound at um, Stubbs. And then um, my friend Willa, who's over at Bass. And now we she's know, at Willa, yeah, we know Willa. Oh, she's man. awesome. Willa, where... <laughs> She works sound for us at um, One, One World, World Theater. One World Theater. Yeah. One she's of over our there best as well. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Love her. I met her at Bass, actually. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. Nice. Shout out to Willa. Shout out to Willa. By the way, come on my podcast. We might use you again for our recording. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, my friend Virginia, who I met um, through a friend of mine who also does recording, and he met her because they were like in a band together. That's four people. Yeah. Okay, out of all of the sound engineers that I've met, Four groups of people, because you guys are kind of a group. Not yeah. A group, but you're like a, like a unit, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, that's insane. We need to fix that. Yeah, so we do. We do. That's, I do think there's a mass convergence. There's something happening now. There's yeah. a new thing in town called Omni Sound Project. It's run mm-hmm. by Lisa Manchak oh, from Guy Town. I saw Town. that. They liked my post the other day. Seriously. Oh, sweet. <laughs> We're going to give them a little plug. Omni Sound Project, they're, ju- they're, they're coming out. It's going to be a women audio collective they're doing like a free house concert next monday i'm gonna go and lisa's i think it's her vision and i don't know yet we're gonna have her in the studio to kind of just see what's what she bringing back i think she graduated from berkeley and she's trying to make a collective space for women in audio however that looks like and big and trying to get us all kind of together so we can count more than four wow so be on the lookout follow them and like let's see what they do because i'm real you know I don't know them personally, but there's a couple. Well, actually, no, I do know one really good sound engineer here in town, uh, Lindsay. But there's a couple others that I see around town. And one of them is known to be one of the best sound engineers in Austin. I don't know her name, but I've seen her around a lot. And 
She's amazing. Juno? So there are there are a couple of them. What's, what's, what's her name? Juno. No, no. I recently learned about her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people have been like raving. She's she's uh she's in charge of our one world. Yeah, we know Juno because we did that. Oh, show. oh, That's yeah, Juno Black. Yeah, Juno yeah. Black. Oh, uh, I wasn't talking about her, but you're right. No, she's mm-hmm. another one. Because she's so, a sound engineer, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, she like, is. That's she what is. people said. I think she does like classes and everything. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how we so, met Willa. Was that yeah. show that Juno put together? So yeah, there's they're out there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely like women but, and queer spaces and yeah. yeah. But the percentage compared oh, totally, to men yeah. is just We have to find each other and maybe there's going to be some like emergence of all of us. I mean, yeah. I think it's kind of weirdly been happening. I do too. Like we've been tapped into it like the little we've kind of as soon as we got kind of tapped into it it just we met you like yeah. so seeing the the podcast community for women. Another has woman come up. came out to do a web series um, a few months ago like 6 months ago. She's putting together a web series about women and she's traveling around the country doing it. Oh, she's out of California. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if I had the money to do that, I would take my podcast on the road. Seriously? Sister Girl ain't got no money. <laughs> However, um, in the world, uh, mm-hmm. if you would like to fund me, <laughs> let me know Cha-ching. because I would love it if you could send me out into the world to go interview women right. who do Bring a lot of yoga. Just putting it, it out there, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe that could be like a goal within like the next year or something, you know? I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think that stuff is, is kind of amazing because when I was back in DFW, I met one lady who did sound and I didn't even really meet her which sounds weird but that's a whole story but I and and she was the only one and I was just like that's that's crazy and so um and I struggled with that because I worked so hard to try and find somebody but I've always only been the only female um from the time I started doing sound until I got and basically until I came to Austin um I was the only woman that I knew who did audio and everybody else was just like so are you going to be a starving artist? <laughs> and I was like, that's not the plan. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but back to you guys and y'all's, y'all's business, though. Uh, you, you had something to say earlier. I asked you why you chose oh. her since she didn't know nothing about recording. <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> and then why? she had to go back to school. <laughs> yep, I did. Well, I mean, her work ethic is off the charts, and when she doesn't know something, she makes sure she knows something mm-hmm. deeply and intimately. I mean, it's just, you're very freaking impressive, and such a music fan, and such like into music and sound. You have such a history of it, and I don't know. It was just like I said, lightning in a bottle. I had this spark of an idea, and I was like, "This is gonna work well." Mm-hmm. And seriously, she has surpassed me in every way as an audio <laughs> engineer, no. like working with Pro Tools. Seriously, well, she's like she is my Amy's engineer. The, in the ears. Studio. Amy's like the producer ears. Her ears are so much better than me because she has been a musician for like twenty five years, mm-hmm. and I haven't. You know, I've been a fan for you know ever, but not playing. So she's got the great ears. I sit at the computer keyboard most of the time and push the buttons and it works really well. But I didn't know anything about it. So I went to ACC and took their audio engineering series of courses and I took a few other like live sound and night school. acoustics. Night school. And, um, Hashtag night was, school. <laughs> night school. <laughs> and it was amazing. But I, I was struck by I was the only woman in at least one, maybe two of the courses. And very much, you know, in the minority in the others. I mean, there might have been three women in the class that had the most women, mm-hmm. you know, out of like 20 or, you yeah. know, it's just like, yeah. oh, yeah. 
So, yeah, we need to get out there. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So what made you want to jump on board to being an engineer then, since you didn't know nothing about that? Well, like, you yeah. guys just did some sort of There's crazy time fooling. And then it worked, and I love it. But I'm just like, what, what were dice. you thinking? So, music, Good question. The music community has always been my community. I just gravitate towards it. Most of my friends are musicians, but I'm not, really. I mean, I know I'm, I'm in the band now. I'm a tambourine player. That does not take a lot of talent. So, you know, like, I can do it. But, um, you know, that's, that's oh, yeah, I shake it really good. Um, so, you know, I'm never, that's never going to be my niche in the music community as, like, a, wow, you know, she's an amazing musician. And I know that about myself. So this was an area that I thought, you know, this is really interesting. It's going to um, get me to plug into the community that I love so much. And our, we're also sort of on a social justice mission with our studio. We keep our rates super low. We want it to be a super safe space for queer people, for people of color, for women, for people who have not had a chance to get in the studio before because of either, you know, economic reasons or intimidation reasons. And I love that. And so that's really, um, it appealed to me. And I know Amy and whatever Amy does is, you know, great. And I just jumped at the opportunity to like spend more time working with her in something fun. So I, to, for me, it was a no brainer. I, I felt like I hit the lottery when she asked me to join her. Yeah. It's a hugely, um, amazing creative endeavor. Cause there's like the gear side of it. Then there's the creative artistic side of it is playing music or listening to people play music. It's helping kind of sculpt what they're doing. Mm-hmm. We have this kind of assignments of like, okay, we got to go from the tracks to the roughs to the mixes and trying to find that time organization has been a big puzzle as well, which is maybe the hardest thing is finding the time to, but so far everybody we've worked with, they're kind of at that like demo stage, some full albums, others like kind of one-offs and gifts for other people. Like we've done, we've even had like, um, We've had somebody come over who needed to kind of rip some audio off of an old, old, like, tape recordery mm-hmm. kind of deal. So we did sessions with him because he was putting into a documentary. I mean, we're trying to be kind of expansive in the work we can do in that studio with the tools. So what exactly but, would you call your studio? Are you, like, a, uh, just, like, a track-laying studio? Are you mixing? Are you mastering? Like, what is y'all sort of idea of what you... Are doing well. It's a small ensemble recording space. Okay, you know, but we've had electric instruments to acoustic instruments mainly. I thought it was going to be more acoustic, but we've gone the gamut. Mm-hmm. So small ensemble recording space. Um, we are in the box, but we do kind of a live mix hybrid okay. is the way we have talked about the space a lot, and that's how the room is built. Mm-hmm. So the room is built that it has really nice kind of sounds to it, and everything sounds great, I think, in that room. It's not completely dead in there. It's really nice. But you can get to different parts of the room, lower part of the ceiling. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of sound. Um, what do we have? Treat, uh, a lot of like treatments absor- all yeah, around and absorbents. And, diffusers and, and we can move that desk around to the more mixing space mm-hmm. when we're in mixing mode. But when we're tracking, we like wide open the room and really bounce off the walls and get some nice tunage. So it's a hybrid. Okay. Yeah. And talked about. I think uh, I think I thought that we'd be more of a tracking studio initially, um, but. We've wound up mixing nearly everything that we've tracked. So, I mean, for better or for worse, you know, like I said, we are still still learning a few things, but we're getting better every, every uh, you know, every session that we're in there. Um, so I'd say, you know, we don't do mastering. I mean, we have some plugins, some wave plugins that... 
that get you part of the way there. That gets pr- pretty close, actually, really, you know. But the, we're not mastering uh, engineers. And so we recommend when bands are planning to put something out that they take. If they want us to mix the record, we're totally happy to. Um, but we also say, you're welcome to take our tracks to another engineer. We'll work with that other engineer for them to mix it. So whatever the artist wants, we're going we're gonna to do. And we're not going to guarantee them that we're going to master something properly. So we definitely recommend them take it elsewhere there. Yeah, we've even bounced and you know, had like uh, imported tracks come into the studio, somebody live recording in there to the imported tracks from another studio in Iowa or wherever yeah. that was. And, you know, we export out. So it's very hybrid. I mean, I'm just really like excited about any kind of, you know, whether it's live tracking or all these different projects, it's, we'll see what we can do. We have some um, audio books, kind of yeah. a reader coming soon. Um, so she's going to put kind of her book on tape, air quotes. Oh. Yeah, so we want to kind of get kind of that vocal sense and see if we need any. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. yeah. That's super cool. So what made you guys want to start a business when giving recording studios and everybody's always like, they're dying. Don't waste your time. Everybody has a computer. (laughs) What made you guys think to like, I don't know, actually do this whole business aspect of it? Because there's a lot of negativity around small studios and starting a business that is a studio-based sort of situation, especially when it's not mastering. Because people are like, oh, you'll always have money in mastering, but you won't always have money in recording and tracking and stuff like that. So, which is interesting to me. I think it's just so fun. Like, business model be damned. It is a creative, it's like, why do painters paint? Like, we are musicians up in there. We're creatives. This is a space to do our art. There's just nothing connected to that related to business necessarily. Mm. I say this also as a person with, like I've said, the big day job, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard in Austin to have this dream. We got real excited in the early days about what could we do to make this a real thing and have both of our salaries coming out of CrossFit <laughs> Studio. Could we live in Austin? And then it we crunched just... the numbers and was like, okay. Okay. Here we go again. Testing. Testing. Yeah. Testing. All and right. we're back. Okay, we're back. How's our fan doing? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they say, go, team, go. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... We were, this is, this is like the worst that I've ever had this. And I'm like, so right. like. You're amongst friends. Yeah. You're totally amongst friends. Thank you. And I really appreciate the forgiveness in this. Because this, I've never used this focus right before. Went and got it from Rock and Roll. So I was like, there's three of us. Mine only has two. My mm. two does not do this. Okay. My two was living its best life. Yeah. Okay. And like this like is. crunched in together and did yeah. a little and like sharing. This goes out again. And this is not yeah. your issue. This is the yeah. gear that's yeah. kind of so this is super weird um anyways so you were i was just gonna add like taking this into more of like a professional you know this is second kind of second dream career right like you go down a path i think if i could have done it all over again i would have maybe been interested start at like berkeley or start somewhere and really learn the ropes and the trade and then i do believe a career path is possible you know i do believe that there's space for that I think our story is maybe more like this is always going to be maybe a passion for a while and then maybe, like you said, early retirement because we are so young. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it caught... I don't know if it caught what I said. It did not catch any of what you said, actually. All right. So Amy was talking about how this was a passion project. And I just 
want to chime in and say that we're coming from a place where we both have day jobs. And so we have the luxury of being able to do something that we don't have to rely on the income solely, you know, to, to pay our bills. Um, if we didn't have day jobs, then I don't think this would have been possible for us. Or it would have been possible in a very different way than it is now, you know, because we don't, we don't have that much time right now to spend on it. And maybe if we had all of our time to spend on it, we could make something of it. But you're right. I mean, really established studios who've been going for decades are struggling so hard right now. On the other hand, I hear that if you set your rates right, um, that there are there is still a, a pretty big pool of people who want to get a step up above their bedroom, you know, yeah. personal recording situation. And you can get great sound in little studios like ours around town. And, you know, our rates are dirt cheap. And so bands with no money can afford us. So, you know, I think... I think it's a balance, but I don't think we'd be able to do this if we didn't have day jobs. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're lucky in that respect. And maybe we can retire one day and make this our day jobs, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> that'd be nice. So. That's cool. Um, yeah, no, I have no idea what that's going to look like for me. Uh, I'm, like, still trying to figure out how to be an adult. And I'm like, am, people keep saying you're an adult. And I'm like, lies. I'm still 16. <laughs> like, my heart is 16. I don't know what you're yeah, talking about. Change. Just newsflash. <laughs> Forever going to be 16-year-old Tangela having all of the dreams. Um, which I think is, is part of the fun of all of this. I think that I am at a very lucky time in terms of accessibility to equipment to gear to affordable stuff and people going that direction but also not so saturated that it's like everybody and their mama is doing this but there is a good number of people also doing it so Mm -hmm. it makes paying for stuff a little bit cheaper yeah because i think like when i look when i think back to when i was like in junior high And I know this sounds weird, but when I was in junior high, I was, like, sitting at home, and I was, like, researching how to have a recording studio. Wow. And people were like, oh, nah, man. (laughs) Like, because the prices for stuff was just so expensive. Yeah. And that was, like, I was in junior high 15 years ago. (laughs) How old was I? (laughs) How old am I now? Um, Like, 15 years ago. And so, was that, like, the early, early 2000s? Um, My and- goodness. <laughs> I know. I just dated myself, <laughs> which is so crazy to me. <laughs> but even then, like, I was researching and it was so expensive. Like, just to buy a microphone was so expensive. And and now, like, these pod mics are, like, 150 And I'm like, that's so much cheaper than, like, the microphones, like, back then were, like, $300. Absolutely. And I'm like, who has $300? Yeah. <laughs> I know. And when you have a studio, you need more than the one mic, we have discovered. <laughs> you need you need many, many mics. And those well, mi- you don't have one mic recording everybody? <laughs> we have more than one mic. We have done one yeah. song with a... Uh, uh, XY configuration in the middle of the room, but yeah, yeah. Normally we were using like for a choir. It was, it was a, a snap. I think it was a snap choir and some maybe kazoos. It was overdubbing. It was some oh, overdubbing. Okay, kind of I was like, like what? there was one whole song that that's all we had. Remember? Oh, was it the okay the Misfits one? Uh. Uh-uh. 
Oh. It was more recent than that. Oh, oh, acapella. It actually it was, yeah, acapella. it was acapella. Yeah, it so was, it was acapella. kind of... Okay, like, so that makes more yeah. sense. You're totally right. I'm it was, like, like, it was mm. coral. <laughs> I'm like, people yeah, are but not like, just doing that. <laughs> yeah, every one of your more than one mics also require a clip and a stand and cables yeah. and all that together. You know, it takes a long time to kind of build it up and... I, yeah, we. I, I don't think we'll ever reach capacity. But, but way more than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know microphones are super important. Like the first point of capture, you got to pay attention to that. But on the other hand, nowadays when there's so much digital stuff out there and the digital equipment that's out there and gear is really pretty good. I mean, I was I, – I sort of had the snobby, you know, oh, you know, analog sounds way better and people mixing in the box or recording, you know, in the box is just – it's not going to sound good. But honestly, most people's ears don't hear the difference. And the plugins these days are crazy good. And yeah, it's, it's never going to be exactly 100% the same. If you are a super audiophile with super highly trained ears, you'll hear a difference. And really, really good, like, audiophile listening room. You know, yeah, like yeah. really good speakers that are tuned to hear that kind of but stuff, too. my ears, Mm-mm. they don't hear the difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some great stuff out there for dirt cheap. Yeah. And we use a lot of Waves plugins. And if you wait long enough, every mm-hmm. Waves plugin goes down to $29. It always goes down to always. $29. So you just wait. You Do like not pay a nickel a over $29. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, that's, and that's where Ashley's been total rock star, too. Like, you keep your eye on... The gear, you kind of kept up with your audio network to kind of know like what we should be looking at, what most, you know, serious studios will have this plug in or this, um, like an actual piece of gear. Yeah, the actual been, piece of gear. Yeah, around. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you've been really good, I think, about that kind of research well, and really bringing that to the table. And I know some really mm-hmm. amazing engineers and producers just from back in the day, you know, mm-hmm. when I was hanging out in the studios just occasionally. Um, and so, they're amazing people, and they're great, and they're super helpful to young engineers like us. And so every time we have a question and I'm just confused or don't know or I want someone's opinion that I really trust, I've got some really great people that I can just reach out to, and they're really great. So I love seeing the engineer world kind of embrace one another and not view each other competitively but view each other as, like, let's help you get where you're needing to go. Yeah. And, you know, so that's been really great. That's really cool. Yeah, I I did not have that experience. Wow. Yeah, which is really weird because a lot of people were like, well, how did you end up keep going? And I was just like, because it was always what I wanted to do. Like, if I'm being honest, I don't, I didn't know how to do nothing else because uh, <laughs> I started doing sound when I was in junior high. So that's like 15 years of audio in some capacity or another. Started at church and then I just kept doing it. And then it was high school musicals. <laughs> high school musical. I'm sorry. <laughs> in my head, I started singing the high school musical song. And it was oh, don't like, let us stop you. Thank you. Musical. Yeah. And I was just like, where am I going with that? That has nothing to do with any of this. Um, <laughs> anyways, and so I started doing musicals in high school and I just, I was just like, I this is what I do. I didn't know what to do else, like otherwise. And I was just like this person who, anytime I would try and do something different, I always ended up back doing audio. That's amazing and that so, you're doing it, it now. Is so like, cool. Yeah. How cool is that? You you knew what you wanted and yeah. you went for it and yeah. you're doing it yeah. in spite of not having a lot of people to help you out along the way. Yeah, you and, know? and I genuinely wish. You know what? I'm not gonna say that because I met one super amazing guy 
And I mean, I met a lot of other people once I got to college and I went to university, but there was one person in particular who really, I think, changed my trajectory with audio because I was at a point where I was really struggling and I was like, why am I doing this? People want me when I was in school to learn how to be a musician to enhance my ability to be an audio engineer. And so I met this really amazing guy named Robin who let me be his intern Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he did sound designing and he changed my trajectory because he was like, Tangela, you need to move. Because I was telling him just about like life and everything and, and just my experience. And he was like, I feel like you need to go to Austin. Because I had mentioned moving to Austin before that. And he was like, I think you need to follow through with that. And I was like, nah. And then I went home one day and I was like, mom, I'm moving to Austin. And she said, okay. And, <laughs> and then I moved down here. And that's really changed everything mm-hmm. for me because now yeah. I'm in a position where I, I know more audio people and I know more ladies who are doing audio. And it's like this whole experience that I wouldn't have naturally had had somebody not shoved me in a direction that I wasn't necessarily already going. Yeah. So I think he's like the only person I'd probably like call up and be like, yo, <laughs> I have a question. But I mean, that's not inside of this bubble that I have now is yeah. what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Huh, it's kind of cool. Anyways. It's crazy how life, ran- seemingly small or random things can completely alter the change of your, your, the course of your and life. And it's like who you meet along the way. It's yeah. like they give you the next vine you're going to swing on. Mm-hmm. And if you don't keep yourself act, out there, you're never going to catch on to the next one. You're just going to be swinging and swinging. <laughs> a little pendulum. Eventually a little pendulum. Slow down. And you're going to slow down and you're going to slide off. So how do y'all manage um, not being discouraged then? I mean, because I feel like there's a lot to be discouraged with when it comes to like marketing you gotta market you gotta find your people like how do you guys go about doing all of that and not getting lost in sort of the hoopla of it all I think that's a great question um something that has kind of like you know slowed me down in my enthusiasm is it's it's time it's finding the time and that can really be like, kind of a downer. Yeah. I mean, because then you're like, oh, we can't work on this till a week from now or this and that. Because, I mean, we just have, we both have, you know, other lives and a lot of stuff going on. And so, yeah, time has been the thing that's hard. It's hard. I just it. literally had somebody on Sunday say that exact thing. Time is the killer of enthusiasm. Yeah. Like, time yeah. kills enthusiasm. Yeah. People are enthusiastic until time enters into the equation. <laughs> and I love that you said yeah. that because I've literally been like, Seriously. that's been like in my mind, like my sticky note in my brain that I keep thinking about. Because I think like once a week, I usually get an idea that I just hold on to. And that was the one mm-hmm. for me. And it's, keeps reappearing and now it's reappeared again and I love that that's like a reinforcement of that (laughs) yeah and I mean I think overcoming it or trying to like kind of control for that is Ash and I have to stay I mean in our method right our logistical method is staying really on top of our schedule trying to really protect at least once a week that we're meeting separately of like having clients that maybe come every month Mm -hmm. spend a whole weekend with them and we're I think we're trying to really, we just have to be very focused on scheduling and stick to it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like really protect 
CrossFit because it can get eaten alive by everything else. Yeah. We're in a band right now that's doing, I think, kind of having a really good year as far as gigs and shows and all this effort that needs to go into promoting that. Mm-hmm. But then where's poor CrossFit Studio, right? Yeah. And we're kind of a little behind in some projects. I don't projects. know, sponsor your band with your studio? <laughs> I know, people right? people do that all the time. Seriously. People are like, I sponsor me with me. <laughs> and yeah. then vice versa. The, like the band sponsors the studio. The studio sponsors the band Golden. Crossfit Records. We're all on the label. <laughs> we're girl <laughs> done. <laughs> Exactly. Actually, the home studio guys talk about that all the time. Like, they don't, they're not really, they're not sponsored by other people. Mm-hmm. They're sponsored by themselves. So, like, the only ads that they run is for their own other projects. So, like, uh, who is it? <laughs> Brian has the Bounce Butler, or is it Chris that has Bounce? Either way, one of them has the Bounce Butler, the other one has the File Pass. And that's the only two things that they talk about in terms of, like, sponsorship which is really funny to me yeah well we haven't really we haven't really branched out into that and part of that is that we are so part-time because as we were just talking about time is crazy and we don't have a lot of it so you know if we have two clients a month that's good for us because you know that might be two weekends a month and then when you throw in mixing we are super full that month you know i mean we're cool with one client a month um, because, you know, we really want to make sure that we're taking the time to give them good mixes afterwards. If we were just tracking, we could do more, but right. because we are usually mixing. Um, so we haven't advertised anywhere. The only thing that CrossFit Studio has officially, like, sponsored in the past um, was a uh, the old Austin Jukebox that they used to have, these quarterly events that were really amazing. But Austin Jukebox is no longer. But uh, there was a little bit of cross-promotion there. Mm-hmm. Um it's probably mosaic, gonna but and mosaic, oh, yeah, mosaic was around, and then this Omni Sound project, I think. Mosaic you know. is still around though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no. Like for us, like we kind of met with them like oh, okay, about a year yeah. ago. We were doing a little bit of work over there, kind of crossing Girls Rock Austin. Mm-hmm. Is we've come in and done like a some tracking sessions. Yeah, we're doing a studio tour for the Omni Sound project, like, and we branch out with you, like. Yeah, it sort of happens. So just it's in our organic. little community, yeah. we're getting enough clients that are keeping us as busy as we want to be, which is yeah. great. Yeah. If we needed to fill up, you know, 40, 50 hours a week of, of bands in the studio, I don't know how, we, I don't know what we'd be doing. I'll <laughs> Pay me to be your intern, okay? I will do it. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. Because, like, I don't know, for me, it's, like, Doing audio in any capacity is is where it's at. I think a lot of people get bogged down in what is the definition of success. And I think you guys have like an alternate definition of what success is. Because a lot of people are like, well, success is I do this full time. All I do is this. This is the only thing that I do. And you're like, my definition of success is that we're doing it and we're having fun. And we have it. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely contrary to a lot of people's belief in what the definition of success is so that's really cool i like that because yeah we have sort of i guess it's more of like a vision of something like hey if this this would be amazing if we could work toward the vision of doing this more yeah. right like yeah <laughs> like learning because the more we do the more you learn in this business and the more we are in our gear and in our space like we still are discovering some great things we can do in that room yeah. but yeah we'll get there and so will you <laughs> You know, you are getting there. Yeah, totally. Podcast hoster. Yeah, which is so weird. I'm like, what is happening in my life? It's really funny, though, because um, I was talking to my mom the other day, and (laughs) I love my mom. I love my family. Okay, I'm going to preface this because some people might take this the wrong way, but I'm going to say it anyways because I love my family. And if you have family like this, you will get this. 
So my stepdad is from India, okay? So I grew up with him since I was in second grade, okay? As far as I'm concerned, he is literally my second father, okay? So he and my mom, they worry because they're like, especially him, because with their traditional way of you go to school for a job that's going to make you money, that's consistent, you go to work every day, it's 40 hours, you know, like they have that very... um, that, 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 that mindset, um, and, and how they approach things. And my mom is, is like that, but not quite like, she's like on the teeter tottering edge of like, I want to encourage you to like do what you love, but also I really want to encourage you to make more money (laughs) because you kind of own a line, (laughs) you know what I mean? And so they're very like conscientious of that. And so I was talking to my mom the other day and she was like, I was like, yeah, mom, I'm going to start this business. And she's like, a business, huh? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to own my own, and I'm going to, I'm going to own my own production business and I'm going to edit people's podcasts and and all this stuff. And she's like, okay, is that secure? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I mean, I mean, it will be eventually. And then she looked at me, she's like, (laughs) and I can like see in her mind the turning of the tables of what it means to own a business, Mm -hmm. what that looks like financially, registering your LLC, having taxes and all that sort of stuff. And the amount of money that you have to put up front for those things. And I was like, And she was like, I don't want to discourage you, but I really want you to think about what it means to own a business, okay? And I was like, okay, cool. But... It wasn't an outright, outright, don't do it. But it was just, I feel like a lot of people might have that sort of situations in life Mm -hmm. and they don't go the same way that I do. I think my mom can say stuff like that to me because she knows that it's not going to break me. It's just going to give me something to think about. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, I don't know, like if you're listening to this and you're contemplating doing something that people might not necessarily view as the way to go that this should be like an encouragement that sometimes even if people don't necessarily see the value in what you're doing or going for, that if you have that vision for yourself, then it's going to be okay. Yeah. And I think truly where there's a will, there's a way. So if you are willing to, and and I'm not saying that our business is is like this because it is very part-time, but if you're willing to put in super long hours and your whole heart and soul and all of your effort into something that matters a lot, you know, like, and so, yeah, don't, don't get discouraged. I mean, it's, I, I'm sure it's hard to start a business and try and make your living off of it. But I think if, if, uh, you know, if, if you set yourself upright and you're really willing to put the time in that it can work out great. Yeah. I think the caveat to that is also doing it in a healthy fashion. I think a lot of people approach this and they do it in the most unhealthy fashion. And I'm going to need you guys to get hip with the mental <laughs> mental awareness, okay? Like, do not be coming here trying to sacrifice your mind for your business because I don't think that's good either. I think that sometimes people go to the extreme in that and then they're like, I don't work. I, all I do is pour everything into this business and then they get run down emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. Um, and the next thing you know, they're like throwing in the tile because they couldn't ever make it work, but you could make it work because you weren't, you didn't build the proper foundation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like balance is everything. Yeah. And I think 
I mean, I think everyone in this room, including our fan, <laughs> is a tremendous lifelong learner. Like, learning should not stop. It should never stop. I mean, learning new things, learning to go deeper into something that you're really excited about or passionate about. I think that is what keeps the brain in balance and healthy. Like, if you're curious about something, follow it, right? Um, and, and, yes, a very healthy way. Like, if because time is something I'm always kind of looking for, but I also like to have a healthy night's sleep and find balance in the other things I'm really excited about. Yeah, I can't do it all, right? Yeah. But I think Ashley and I have been really good at, you know, like respecting kind of the need of, yes, we need to do this, do this, do this, but we'll find a way. We just have to calendar, be patient. Yeah, I think you can plug find on your through. niche. I think you, know? you can find it. If you want to do something, but it requires you to do something else for some of your time, that's just what maybe what you got to do. But I think... I think you can make it work. Like, there's so many different ways. We're in a gig economy, which there's all kinds of problems with that, you know, lack of insurance and benefits and all that stuff. But on the other hand, there's a lot of opportunities to go and make some quick money when you need to on, you know, not solid hours around your passion that can, you know, keep you afloat while you're trying to figure out how to make your passion, you know, make your living. And this, like, live, the live capital of the (laughs) world. I mean, it's just like, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of events, not just venues that are up until two in the morning, but there's always kind of like these like sporadic events throughout a year and have to think there's some things to do. Yeah. And some work in this town as compared. Yeah. Like that's, that's my quote unquote day job. Yeah. (laughs) Are you finding it? Like, are you able to... To pay your bills on that? Because I've on heard... On just live sound? Yeah. No. 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 So the problem is, is that I, for me at least, I think um, because I live by myself and we in Austin, yeah. I will, I, I just, I have not been able to make that a full-time thing yet. Um, but also, I'm weird in the sense that I didn't want it to be a full-time thing. Um, I love being a live sound engineer. Like, it is fabulous, okay? But I also love a lot of other things. For example, I got a math degree, right? Me too. That's right. (laughs) Yes. There we go. (laughs) And so I have an applied math degree, and I love math. I love doing math. I love all that is encompassed in that. And so for me, recently, the new thing that I've sort of transitioned into is becoming an official engineer. Um, So I take tests for that. (laughs) But, um, But I already have the degree and the way that it works in Texas, since I have the math degree, there's a whole, like, as long as I can pass a series of tests, um, and I get sponsored by other engineers who say that I'm capable, then um, I'm allowed to be a licensed engineer, which is really cool. And so then that allows for me to be able to go into the design side of sound equipment, which is where the other part of my mind goes when I think about doing audio is being able to design sound equipment and make really cool microphones. You were making a microphone when we met last time. (laughs) I'm looking around your desk. You're going to have to show me something later. Oh, my gosh. And so so there's that aspect of it for me as well. So I 
But I've always known for a really long time that I was never going to do one thing. I was always going to be a plethora of things. So owning multiple businesses, I always knew that that was going to be in my future. It was what I prepared for in life. Um, <laughs> I prepared for for um, doing live sound as well in that. And then I prepared for what it would look like to design sound equipment. Um, and then whatever else audio-wise came up. My whole thing was that as long as there's audio, I wasn't concerned about what it looked like mm -hmm. super, mm -hmm. like, intensely. Because, I mean, there's live sound for churches on Sundays, you know, and if you get in the right church, let me tell you, they pay some serious cash. So, yeah, no, I'm abnormal in that way as well that I didn't ever do just one thing well that's going to help so. you so much too because you're going to learn skills as you're building mics that are going to super apply in the engineering like in the audio engineering world or in the acoustics world like the more you know about one piece of the equation the the better prepared you come at the other stuff you know so that's amazing I mean you're learning lots of different angles of it and so your knowledge is going to be way more whole than others that just focus in one area. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that sometimes that's a thing that when I was trying to figure out my life, when I was trying to figure out how all these pieces were going to fit together, I think that's one of the things that I struggled with at first because I didn't think it was okay for me to have these different pieces. You know what? really fascinates me sorry I just no you're off. good no well forensic audio I mean oh, right. that, that is so that interesting yes. to me mm -hmm. yeah I don't know about that meeting that was a little weird but <laughs> did you not go to it oh I did okay. we, were, we were there yeah, <laughs> yeah. wait oh wait no, no I didn't go to that one it was a different one that I was thinking was oh, funny okay. oh then one of, one of those meetings went off the rails but no that was, that was an interesting <laughs> one it wasn't that one <laughs> some of them went off the rails <laughs> you know, we'll talk about that later um, but yeah no that's so interesting like trying to figure out if there was one gun or like one shooter or two shooters or trying to figure out like the angle or the direction that a projectile came from based on the audio recordings I mean that's crazy. Or, you know, analyzing um, phone records and I don't, I don't know. I mean, based on the just, bird sound you hear in the background. <laughs> yeah, like, and then you can like determine where does that bird live that's usually. That's got to be in the southern U.S. and yeah. the uh, western slope. That is, there's not an I, eastern, there's I not an eastern like Phoebe and that western That brings in like Kentucky. the investigative, yeah. you know, curiosity side. I think that that's also another thing that people seem to forget is that there are so many different types of audio. There are so many different ways to be an audio engineer and it doesn't all look the same. Like there's the acoustics with figuring out a, um, forensics audio, which is insane. And then there's, you know, uh, the people who, um, who do, uh, when they go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I had the word for it and then I lost it. But it's like when you go into one of those chambers and you measure how loud oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the sound is going to be yeah. and, and you have to give like statistic reports for that. Yeah. There's a name for what those types of Acoustician? An acoustician. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and yes. we we were together on the tour of that facility up in what yes, Cedar did. Park or yeah. whatever that was, and that was super dope. Yeah, um, that was crazy. And that quiet room was freaky. And then they had the the room that had the floating in the middle yeah. where there was yeah. like it's like a circle and it's like one thing in the center and it's like what <laughs> is happening? 
Like to get into it, you have to walk up these stairs and then down into it again. It was so cool. Yeah. It was so cool. <laughs> yeah, I like the one where they were testing the um, the noise reduction of various different mediums. That oh, was my favorite part of that. That one was thing. really cool. <gasps> was that the forensics thing? No, no uh, that's different. different. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, um, but this one was just. I mean, it. I think my favorite thing about that tour was that it helped remind me that there's not one track for these things. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of those guys who do th- who do those were like, "Oh yeah, I went to school and I got a degree in like physics." And I'm like, "Look, you didn't even know you're going to end up doing audio stuff, but yeah, you got a physics degree." You know, and like you're doing these different things and I think that that's Part of the fun of it all. My favorite one, though, was the one that they test the microphones inside of. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, for, like, your phone and stuff, they have to, like, test, like, the range of it. Crazy. And so they'll pump in sounds in different frequencies from different directions to see how well a phone or a microphone on a phone or some sort of device like that picks up the audio around you and what the frequency response is to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. cool. I mean, they were testing, like, the... The sound in airplane cabins, you know. I mean, they yeah. had some crazy, it's crazy huge. facilities. Yeah, it's huge because they had yeah. to fit an actual plane in there. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, like there's like it's huge because you have to fit a plane in there. There was the one with the a, the semi trucks to yeah. see how loud they are because oh, yeah, on the road. because yeah. they can't be louder than a certain decibel yeah. level while driving down the road. Like you have to be underneath a certain yeah. DP. I was like, yeah. well, since when are there rules about that? <laughs> I know there's so many things you can do in audio, and it's really fascinating and that's super fascinating know. and a lot of it's not music related at all yeah it's not even like the creative i mean it could be like books i mean it's creative audio, but music. it's not it's not the same but like, yeah, like the sound of roads problem solving we're back what were we talking about the noisy planet earth oh yes because i went and i got my ears tested and i had some hearing loss in some areas and i was like where did this come from and she's like probably just existing yeah. like they're like walking down the street can cause hearing damage. Seriously, walking, you know how much I walk down the street? Like that's insane. Or how much like like riding the bus can cause hearing Absolutely. loss? And I was like, what is this tomfoolery? And so I'm like, <laughs> that's um, an underrated like, word. <laughs> oh yeah. Side note to my story, which is also a side note. I was subbing because I also sub now, which has been fun. It's hilarious, by the way. And um, I genuinely like it. High schoolers are hilarious. But I said the word tomfoolery to them. I was like, guys, stop it with your tomfoolery. And they were like, my name's not Tom. And I was like, it's a real word. Go Google it. And so then they went in. They, were, they thought I was joking. There we go. Okay. What were we saying again? Again with the drop it ouch. We were going to sing some harmony. <laughs> we were going to sing now. Um, actually, singing is in my heart, so don't tease me with singing. Bouncy A. <laughs> I love singing so much, um, which is really funny because I'm always like, <laughs> I'm not a musician. And I'm like, I love to sing. <laughs> and we were like, isn't that like the same thing? No. Because being a singer implies that you're like out there Singing for people? Singing I don't know. I for fun is like sitting at your house in your car, so you having a performance you of your life. You sing. You sing. I sing, yeah. I you count sing. it all. You're a singer. If you like to sing, yeah. who yeah. cares who you're doing it for? Seriously, where's the rule book? I don't know. I made it up. Exactly. <laughs> so you sing because you're a singer, even if you're a singer in your home. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, what were we talking about before this dropped out again? I don't noisy, remember. Noisy earth and how it's so loud to just ride in a car or yeah, you know, and being walk very down the protective street. of your ears. Yeah, I yeah. was shocked when my instructor said that just riding on the freeway in most cars mm -hmm. for longer than, I don't know, it was a really short amount of time, like 10 minutes or 15 minutes, can cause permanent hearing damage. I mean, it, it depends on the decibel level and how long you're exposed to it, but it doesn't take a whole lot to get hearing damage. And so I'm just wondering how we're all not walking around with 100% hearing loss, you know? At least in our, our left ear, if we're drivers. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Think about that. Think about that. Very <laughs> lopsided country. You know, it's really... It's crazy because that is such a thing. And it's like, I, I didn't have air for like, okay, let me rephrase that. I, don't, I still don't have air conditioning in my car. It does not exist. That's and a it's, real thing in Texas. It's a real thing in Texas. Yeah. And so for, it's been for over two years now that I did not have air conditioning in my car. And the the amount of riding around in the summer yeah. with the windows down yeah. because you have to Otherwise, you're literally baking in the car is real. And I remember driving for Amazon, trying to deliver packages in summer with no air conditioning oh. and how hot it is when you get stuck in rush hour traffic with these stupid boxes that I can't get rid of and just like dying. And I remember thinking, that's probably when I lost my hearing. Like, <laughs> when a lady was yeah. telling me this, yeah. I was like, I know exactly when it was. It was that summer. I was driving around with packages. Yep. But I think that like... Protecting your ears is such a real thing, though, that a lot of people don't think about. So I don't know. How do you guys go about protecting your ears, especially since you guys have to mix so much and constantly be exposed to that? Well, ear fatigue is a thing. Yeah. So we'll go, like, so long mixing a song and then just have to, like, back off and stop. And then you're really good at your putting in your special little earplugs and yeah. often Ashley will remind me to do that because I'm not as good at doing that <laughs> well I go to a lot of live music and um you know did for uh 20 years before I invested in some really good earplugs mm -hmm. and I just feel so much better at shows with my earplugs in I mean you can you can wear just the disposable ones too but these these ones don't hurt and they feel great and um, but I wear them in the studio sometimes. If mm -hmm. we're tracking drums, drums or something, yeah. I wear them in the studio. Yeah. And they're pretty flat in terms of the frequencies that they cut out. So mm -hmm. they don't distort my hearing that badly. I mean, sometimes I'll take them out for a minute just to make sure that right. what I'm hearing is accurate. But, um, yeah, so we do that. We mix at pretty low volume. Mm -hmm. um, and then every now and then we'll turn it up a little bit louder. But... Uh, just trying to cut back on the ear fatigue. And also, you hear certain frequencies better at certain, you know, d uh, loudness levels. And so I don't do that enough where I turn it up pretty loud and make mm -hmm. sure that the mix is still good. But um, mm -hmm. I don't know. That's that's how I protect my ears. Yeah, I mean, same. Like, if I go out live music, I try to remember to bring those extra plugs um, in the studio. It's always funny when you have drummers and, like, we're bending down, miking the drum. <laughs> And they could be your best friends on the planet, but then you have this kick drum right in your face while you're bending down. And that always usually sucks. So usually I'm putting at least, like, one-sided earplug expecting. When you're miking the drums. Yeah. yeah. Psh, psh, psh. It's yeah. like, I'm down here, dude. My engineer is in your drum kit. Why did you just do that? <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I, I, I got the custom ones. So, yeah. yeah. That's when I got my ear test done. Me too. Yeah. And I have definitely lost some 
high end. Yeah. I've got a little bit, of, I think, more in my left ear. Yeah. That's a little lost, too. Yeah. My hairs are pretty much the same in both, which is really nice. I was very thoroughly surprised. Um, and mine is mostly in the high end as well. But it's, like, stuff that, like, you don't need for clarity or anything and it's usually stuff that people are like cutting out anyways yeah like nobody wants to listen to that (laughs) stuff so it's usually there so it's pretty okay but um i i think it's so i was oh my gosh i was talking to some kids one day um some kids they're like in college i don't know why i'm talking like they're so much younger than me um but (laughs) i was talking to some kids who were in college and they were because they came up to me while i was doing sound and they were like oh my goodness like so cool like blah you know high schoolers is what they i mean college kids is what they do you know they ask about stuff and um they were like how do you protect your ears and they were like they were no i asked them do they protect their ears I mean, it gets straight because that sentence was wrong. I asked them, how do they protect their ears? Because they were wondering how they go about making good mixes and stuff like that. And I was like, well, the first thing is, how do you protect your ears? Like when you're mixing, do you like after you've mixed and you got everything dialed in, do you keep listening to it at that level? Are you measuring your your decibel levels? Like, are you actively being conscientious of what's happening? And they were like, nah, that's not the point. You got to EQ and da, 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 da. And I was like, no lies uh protect your ears like after like the usually at least for me i know everybody's a little different in this but after about the first 20 minutes of any set i'm usually like you're golden now obviously you make some small tweaks here and there you know the 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 saxophonist is deciding that they don't want to play into the right microphone anymore so you gotta be aware of that but for the most part, it's usually about the first 20 minutes. And after that, I usually put my earplugs in. Because mine are relatively flat, they they just bring everything down yeah, a level. Right. They're not filtering out anything mm-hmm. explicitly. Unless it's just so loud. And then I got those solid plugs that yeah. I stick in. And I'm yeah. like, lies, you are not killing <laughs> yeah. my ears with your death metal screaming <laughs> loud amp tomfoolery. Yep. <laughs> but I think that's something that people don't talk about enough mm-hmm. is the importance of protecting your ears mm-hmm. and and what that looks like yeah i don't know yeah and you can get like there are some earplugs for i don't know seven or eight bucks at the drugstore that aren't the foam kinds those foam kinds kill my ears they're the kind that look sort of like little tiny plungers with like or little little trees you know but those those do a decent job and you don't have to to invest a bunch of money in them, you know? And they're not disposable, so you can keep them over and over again. Even something like that can make a really big difference. I mean, they might filter out, you know, more of certain frequencies than are ideal, but I'd rather have my hearing than hear every last frequency of every note, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about the bands with all the, like, extra percussion, like the wood blocks (laughs) and all those where you just really want to put them in. And Well, some... Some <laughs> instruments can just be really piercing, and you don't even realize until suddenly you're, like, knocked upside the head with it. Yeah, I keep my plugs in my pocket. Yeah. That yeah. for sure. Up yeah. in the studio. I have mine inside of, like, a little thing that goes on my keys. Yeah. yeah. And so I just pack Take it around it everywhere. Yeah. And you never know. I just, yeah. And then, like, when I'm on the bus, and I know that this is going to sound a little weird, but I do this. Um, I put the earplugs in on the bus. And it's the filtered ones, and then I put my headphones on top of that. Yeah. yeah. So that way I'm not getting as much of the outside noise, and I'm mostly just hearing what I want to be listening to 
music wise. Yeah. Um, and that was worked for me. Now, obviously, that's not like the best solution. The best solution would probably be getting noise canceling headphones. But them things be expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want some, but I don't have any either. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, lies. Uh, <laughs> you guys are crazy if you think I'm paying for that right now. I would love some though. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Listeners, are you, uh, Just if anybody's out there, um, I would Spare love noise canceling headphones. Thank you very much. Well, one thing that I, I, I would like to know, um, what advice would you have for people, for latest humans out there in the world who are trying to get into audio or who are thinking about starting a business or doing things just a little bit in that direction? Oh, keep going. We need you. We need more women in audio. We need more like people out there doing it that aren't the sort of like normcore white male heterosexual like we need the creative voices and the people behind the boards um you know hearing and creating things differently like there is no rule book so the more like other voices we have out there like kind of defining the new shapes and sound we're going to get better music we're going to get better Mm -hmm. sounds we're going to have better eq especially for the women's voice and pitches i'll have to say that at shows right um Things are just going to get better. It's just better when we have more parity in the mm-hmm. business, and I think that's what we're all kind of, like, shooting for, yeah. right? Um, because it's, like, a whole creative space that has just not even been realized yet. So I'm very hopeful for a lot of this women in audio kind of movement that's happening right now. All for it. Yeah, totally. And on just on a more logistical front, there are lots and lots of ways for you in your individual circumstances and in your lives to plug into this. Mm-hmm. Um apprenticing or just shadowing someone or diving in, you know, with no formal education is a great way. It's probably the best way, honestly, is just get hands-on experience in a studio or, you know, with a live sound engineer. Um, Just get out there in the clubs, watch what they do, introduce yourself. Don't be a nuisance to them, but, you know, see if you can kind of shadow them and then people will start to get to know you. You'll start to know what things are you know, how things work. And people have landed jobs like that all the time. But if you don't have that ability, like I didn't, you know, when I was 40 and was like, okay, I'm going to try and be an audio engineer now, look into your local community college. I mean, there are inexpensive courses that happen at night or around your day job in which you can get really good experience. I have loved what Austin Community College, the education that they gave me. And I didn't complete the whole Um, music business audio recording program, but I did like, I think seven classes over about two or three years. And I mean, that worked really well for me. And so wherever you are and whatever else you got going on in your life, there's ways to to try and find your path into this industry. Mm -hmm. Come visit us at Crossbeck Studio. (laughs) We'll give you a a tour. You can like shadow us or watch us kind of like record some really amazing bands in town. Yeah, it's a fun space. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are amazing. And you guys are super cool, too. So I feel like that's, like, a super, super you're legit super way cool. to go. And, like, just come to Austin, okay? If you're not in Austin, you <laughs> yeah, should just, come just to come Austin. Yeah, just come on down. Yeah. Well, we know. will welcome you. <laughs> yeah, that is a really good segue. So that's another mm-hmm. thing that I want to get out there to other engineers or people thinking about um, going into this business is – Um, when people are sharing their art and their hearts and their souls in a creative endeavor, making them feel welcome goes a long way. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, just inherently 
women pay a little bit more attention to that. We've been socialized to pay a little bit more attention to other people's comfort levels, you know, but we've been told time and again from bands, like they're so excited when they come in and we have a whiteboard like you've got set up right here, you know, like with their names on it and like with welcome and like we've got soap in the bathrooms and the bathrooms are clean and you know, like, I mean, like they're just like little homey touches and we try really hard to put people at ease and, um, you know, make them feel like it's their space, it's their time, we're just there to, you know, facilitate capturing their magic. Mm -hmm. I, I think that cannot be um, overstated in the importance of people feeling really comfortable at home and giving their best. And I think yeah. that's kind of what CrossPick is all about. Mm -hmm. We don't have the decades of experience that a lot of other people in town have. We're never going to get that. We can't catch up, go back in time. But we do, we can you know, create a really great, warm, hospitable environment where you're going to feel comfortable and kick ass in the studio and we're going to capture it in a great yeah. way, you know? So you can yeah. do stuff with small spaces and, mm -hmm. and it's, it's been really fun. That's true. Because, I mean, that's what it's all about. It's capturing a performance on a time, in an event, in a space that can't be recreated. And so you want to capture that best moment, right? Yeah. And so I think that's what we kind of, like, go for. You know, with Pro Tools, we're like, okay, do that moment again and again and again and again because it's like endless tracks. But yeah. I digress. Who doesn't love endless tracks from Pro Tools? It um, it's not track. at all that bad. Um, yeah, no, I <laughs> I think that's really cool. Um, what what about um, practical advice or? Um, resources that you guys used to to set up your business that people can go and check out for themselves? Like, what website did you go and find? Because, I mean, I'm not going to be honest. I was Googling on Austin's website, too, and I was like, I didn't find none of that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But obviously yeah. you guys did. So where did you find that at? So um, it's the Austin Small Business Entrepreneurship sort of series of classes and they offer these i will send you like tons of links maybe you can um but that was that's one way that i got put them in, in the show notes yeah put them in the show notes and um that was one way i got in and they offer this kind of cyclically mm -hmm. and so you could kind of take this one introduction to starting your own business and they really start from the top like you want to do a sole proprietorship or an llc and i was like what is an llc <laughs> and a sole proprietor i don't know yeah. what i want yeah um and so it starts out at that kind of high level, and then you can sort of, you meet other people in there, they're kind of doing the same thing, they're returning, they're wanting to turn a thing they're already doing into a personal business. Um, it wasn't all creatives, but there actually was some classes that was like small business for creatives. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of can get on these little like tracks, some of them are free, absolutely free, subsidized by the city completely. Um, others maybe 25 bucks, like something a little longer form. Yeah. Um, it was like a Saturday morning or a Friday morning. I yeah. mean, it was real accessible, and that's where I first jumped in, and I don't remember how I heard about it. I don't either, um, but you got on a mailing list, and then so did I, mm -hmm. and then every, I don't know, a couple weeks we get an, or something, we get an email with all their upcoming classes. It's pretty new. It's like probably oh. from like three years old that they've yeah. been doing. They've had the subsidies to do this. And so in addition to like the small business 
entrepreneurship program that the city does, they also have, like you, you mentioned, kind of a creative space. They've got like the music office has a lot of cool programs going on for musicians in town to try and build them up. They've had meetups in which they've had studio um, engineer meetups. And mm. I went to a couple of those and those were great. They were talking about the challenges and how people are overcoming them and um, what the city can do to promote Austin as a live music capital or as a great place to come and record. Um, and then places like Mosaic who are like, I mean, who, you know, they're not nonprofit, but they're not solely for profit. They're kind of like this hybrid thing and they're having, um, classes and events and workshops. And then there's AES, the, um, Austin Engineering Society. Yeah. And they have free events all the time. So there's actually quite a bit going on around town that you can... Fine. And I'll also throw in there, there's also Sound Girls as well, which yeah. you can also Oh, soundgirls.org. So, yeah. yeah, I took a series of um, engineering 101 classes well before I went in to um, an audio class in town. Like, a lot of online stuff. There's the Women's Audio, what is it, WAM? Mission. Mission. Yeah, out in San Francisco, Women's Audio Mission. They offer some, like, online courses. So, if you're not in Austin, obviously, like, the online world and the space, and there's this whole movement with women's audio kind of fronting these classes, these 101s, um, even if you go into non-music and the business world, and, you know, YouTube. Yeah. Really, YouTube is a beautiful um, place. You know, you've got to sift through some stuff. I would. My dream, everybody in this room and everybody who's listening, is that YouTube how-to tutorials to do all the kind of, like, you know, we're like, okay, so we want to do this X, Y, and we we're, we don't have our notes. Let's just real quick look at some patterns. Mm-hmm. I want to see more people like us giving those YouTube tutorials <laughs> yeah. with, like, kind of a little bit of a pedagogy, maybe a little bit of, like, less dudeness. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so that's a that's a piece of audio, um, CrossFit Studio that I'm hoping you we get into. You mean it's not going to start with a killer drum solo? No. Listen to my guitar riff. <laughs> no. And you're like, I wanted to know about the X, Y miking pattern. Why am I watching this dude play Stairway to Heaven for the first five minutes? Like, I, scroll, scroll. Oh, no, I don't know. I do want to just quickly just say for, like, the sake of this, because I know sometimes people will take this the wrong way. This is not meant to be, like, a man bashing oh, no, thing. No, not okay? at all. We love men. We love men. Men <laughs> are we great. Just, we just want but more representation out there. Yeah, I think, I think there's a difference, though. And um, I know that some people take these things the wrong way, so I should, that's the only reason I want to throw that out there. This is not meant to be a bashing of males. Males, go out and do your thing, too. Yep. Start they love your Stairway to Heaven. Play your Stairway. Go, go and learn. Go and do your thing, too. This is just... Uh, an encouragement to women who sometimes may or may not feel um, intimidated or feel some type of way in any kind of capacity um, about doing audio or pursuing that. And so that's always why I want to put that out there. Absolutely. I just think it's hard to see yourself or imagine yourself doing something mm-hmm. if you haven't seen someone like you doing it. Yeah. And we don't have enough people uh, doing it that, you know, girls and women see each other doing this. So I'm so glad you're doing this podcast so that we can jump in there with the boys. They can help us out. We can help them out. And as you say, the diversity mm-hmm. of perspective and the more of our voices get in there, the better everything's going to become. Elevates so, it all. Yeah. I, I feel like we're just trying to elevate everything. Yeah. Like, I feel like when you elevate women and you elevate minorities in any capacity and you try to help people be more um, on the same page, and including all of that, you can't do anything but make it good. Yeah. 
You know, like you can't yeah. make it, you can't make it worse. Yeah. You're only going to make it better. Yeah, totally. And so for that, I'm like, yes. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks I really appreciate it. Us. Thank you for dealing with my tomfoolery of, <laughs> yeah. uh, of uh, interfaces. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs>